Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pages of HR. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, lead editor at HR Daily Advisor. This podcast provides insightful conversations about HR-related books with the writers who create them. Of course, by the end of these conversations, we hope that you'll have actionable insights for your business, best practices to tap, and new information to ponder. Today, I'm super pleased to be joined by Tim Sackett, president of HRU Technical Resources. Uh, Tim not only writes for Fistful of Talent and his popular HR blog, The Tim Sackett Project, but he also brings 20 years of executive HR and talent acquisition experience to the table. In partnership with Sherm, Tim recently released his first book, The Talent Fix, A Leader's Guide to Recruiting Great Talent. The Talent Fix presents a proven, practical, and scalable recruiting model for talent acquisition leaders and shows how organizations can build and sustain a great talent acquisition function. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bianca. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm totally excited to have you here. Uh, So we're just going to delve right into things because I'm almost bursting out my seat this morning (laughs) (laughs) with energy. (laughs) Please tell me what inspired you to write this timely book? So I started blogging first, right? And I, I kept, I mean, after years of blogging, people kept saying, oh, you got to write a book, you got to write a book. And I'm like, I don't really need to write a book. I have like a million words I've written in blogs. Like, why would I need a book? Yeah. And so I said, okay, well, I'll do it. And and it just happened to kind of work out timing-wise where Sherm was looking for some talent acquisition um, books. And I knew the folks there from a lot of work I've done. And, mm-hmm. and so we decided to kind of put it together and from the blogs, what I would get daily questions from people. And a lot of it always had to do with, it's kind of started out like, hey, our recruiting's broken. (laughs) We are awful at recruiting or something in that vein. And it was always about, I mean, it started small. So it'd be a question like, well, do you have an ATS that you would recommend? Or do you, you know, um, you know, we can't find truck drivers. Like what should we do? And at the end of the day, though, what they were really getting to was like, what, you know, hey, if you came into our company, like, what would you do differently or how would you set it up? And so I said, oh, I'm just going to write a book because I was getting the questions like every single day. And I'm like, then I can just point people to the book. Turns out no one really wants to read books either, but now I'm just, <laughs> you know, they still just want you to give them the silver, like, just, I, okay, yeah, I'll buy the book, but like, just tell me, just tell me what, just tell me the real thing. Like, what's the real thing I have to do? And, And you go through and you go, well, there's actually a lot of things you have to do and you have to do them all. And, and then you can be successful. There's no like, like silver bullet. There's a lot of bullets, but there's not one kind of thing to do. And I think a lot of people are looking for that. They're looking for a quick fix. And I'm like, look at, sometimes it took you decades, centuries to get to this point of being really bad at recruiting in your company. There's not like a turnaround fix that's going to happen in, you know, a day. Um, there's a lot of things you have to do and set up foundationally to get there, but it's, but you, it can be done. It's like, I'm not trying to put like, you know, launch the space shuttle. This is just trying to hire people better and we can do that. This is fixable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Um, of course. And I understand why, why, excuse me, people will be looking for a quick fix right now with we, what we've been seeing with the great resignation. And then also too, what we've been seeing as well now with the great return. Have you heard of that, Tim? People who are leaving, who are coming back. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I call it the big regret. <laughs> <laughs> that too. 
<laughs> that too, that too. So it's, it's certainly interesting uh, and an interest, interesting time at all. Uh, and I love that analogy with the silver bullet, silver, silver bullet, excuse me. It's not just one, it's many things. Well, and, and really everybody, like that's the hard thing too, is you can't build one model for everybody because it, it really depends on your company and your technology and your market and who you're going after. Like everybody does have a winning formula, but it turns out every one of those formulas is a little bit different. It's each yours individually. And I think that's the hard part because it's so often, you know, you and I will both see either in writing or people speaking and they'll go, oh, just follow this five-step plan to success. And you're like, that doesn't work. Everyone's everyone's five steps are a little different. And sometimes I have six steps and you might have four steps and somebody else has 13 steps. And But we always try to like encapsulate it into this like really quick and easy to follow kind of plan. And, you know, it turns out most things in life are complicated and mm. it's not as easy as we think. Now, I mean, again, we can, we can get there and we can be successful, but um, it, it, we all have to kind of create that on our own, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then, of course, when you have a, an amazing resource like the Talent Fix, you really can't go awry, I would say, either, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I tried to make it, like I said, like, and I, I literally started from like the interview of if I was going to be interviewed by your CEO as a talent acquisition leader, Let's start there. What would I want or what would I require to take that position in the interview? Because to me, that's foundationally how you set this up. And for me, it was the big thing you try to get away there is that talent acquisition doesn't own hiring. Hiring managers own hiring. We can help them and we can set up them for success. But at the end of the day, every executive wants to point to recruiting or talent acquisition, HR, and go, you own it. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. If I own it, that means I get to select every single person that comes in here. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's the hiring manager's job. And then they go, oh, crap. That okay. We we understand now. We get it. Like, and I've been in leader positions where I took 100% ownership of the of the talent on my team. I wanted to go out and help find them. I wanted to select them. I wanted to develop them because that was what was going to make me successful. And when I run into a leader that wants to point across the table at HR, talent acquisition, and blame them for the lack of talent on their team, I get so frustrated with that because I want to just grab them you know, by the shirt and go, do you understand you're the leader of this function? It's your number one job to find the talent, to get the talent, to develop the talent, to retain the talent. It's not somebody else's. That's your job. That's why you became a leader. And yet they just want to blame like recruiting. It's recruiting's fault that I can't, you know, be successful in my job. No, it's your fault. Stop it. You know. Mm, I, I I hear you, Tim. I'm, I'm on your side. I don't ever want to be on the opposite <laughs> side. I'll say that much. I love what you just said about, of course, you wanted to grab him by the shirt, right? And say, what are you doing? But, yeah. but just the thought process for yourself of how you as a leader you know, it's your responsibility. It's your job. Where does that stem from? That mindset that, you know, of course I'm the leader, but really owning it and making sure that you're recruiting who you should and, you know, you're getting the best for your team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things I think, um, and it can, it can, it comes, it comes out in the book for sure in a number of ways and a number of stories is the first time we get to hire somebody as a leader. Um, and you think about like, what I find is most leaders have a really hard time making their first hire because they're like, what if this person fails and it's on me? And you're like, you're, it is, it is on you. 
I think we understand as we get to hire more and more and more is that we get, we're all going to make mistakes. No one's going to be perfect and hire rock stars every single time. Mm -hmm. um, but we never hire somebody thinking they're going to be a piece of garbage, right? We hire people thinking they're going to be amazing and they're going to stay for a long time and we're going to have this great relationship. And then somewhere down the path, we realize, oh, this isn't working. Now, you might go and blame that person and say they're a piece of garbage, but I still believe we own some of that as leaders, right? We selected them. We, you know, tried to develop them. We performance manage them. Um, and so often we find leaders that will just walk away from individuals. You're like, look, when you hired them, go back and think about how you thought they were going to be amazing and how and what part of that do you own? Because we do own it. We own some of that. Now, they own it as well as individuals, but... They're not by themselves on this, especially people that we hire from a job where we know they were successful. We checked the references. We knew somebody they worked with and they're like, oh my gosh, they were amazing. So if they were amazing there, why weren't they amazing with you? And what part of that do you own? Because I do think that makes you a better at hiring when you're willing to take on that responsibility to ensure someone's success. We, we walk away from people way too often um, when they're not successful right away mm -hmm. and understanding that everybody has their own timeline of success within your organization. And as leaders, you know, it's, it's our really our sole job is to make them successful. Chills. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Beautifully said, wonderfully said, and, and honestly, such a respect refreshing thing to hear uh, and to see that, what is it, I guess, empathy, that transparency, honesty, accountability, yeah. we need it more than ever now. Oh, yeah. When we talk about the, you know, this great resignation, I think, you know, we, we're definitely having to figure out how do we retain all of this talent, right? It's too easy for them to walk away right now. And if you're not looking at that in that way, you're just making it easy for people to make the decision to opt out and go someplace else. This episode is brought to you by Namely. We all do our best to keep ahead of business trends, right? But keeping ahead can be its own full-time job. That's why you need to make the switch to Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that adapts with your business. Namely offers onboarding and performance management to payroll and intuitive benefits enrollment, all in one connected and modern platform. Plus, Namely is customizable for your company, culture, and goals, so they can match where you are now and adapt as you grow. Grow with Namely. Learn more about making the switch today by going to Namely.com. And for a limited time, get one month free when you make the switch. Don't wait. That's Namely.com. Absolutely. And tying it back to the book, uh, The Talent Fix, it provides real world examples and stories about how innovative organizations and top talent acquisition leaders are successfully recruiting today. Can you talk about uh, one or two of those examples of those examples? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the there's a lot of like, especially around the hourly processes, right? So when you think about companies that have to hire a hundred or a thousand kind of hourly workers a month. We see all kinds of organizations doing like really great things. And mm -hmm. sometimes I call I, a lot of these are like unicorn brands, right? I call them unicorn brands because we always like I have CEOs that would come in and they're like, hey, I was watching CNN this morning and I saw that Amazon was recruiting off of Twitter. We need to do that. And you're like, just be quiet. Like, you're, we're not Amazon. We're some little local mom and pop company, you know executives see this stuff and they tend to want us to kind of go forward. And like Amazon's a perfect example. I had one of my friend's children applied for a job at Amazon warehouse from the moment she clicked to apply on their site, 
to the moment she got a QR code to say, you can start working tomorrow, I'll just bring this QR code, was 18 minutes. That's how long it took her to apply and go through everything to get accepted to start working. And so often in HR, we have these SLAs that are like 24, 48 hours that we will, we guarantee we'll get back to you as a candidate. And I'm like, that worked really well three or four years ago, or at least you thought it worked really well. Now we got to figure out how do we get back to a candidate in 24 minutes and 48 minutes or somebody else is going to get them. And so what are the technologies that I love that's really kind of been bubbling up over the last 12 months is this hourly recruiting technology for, so for companies like Paradox and Fountain and Humanly, where the moment somebody applies, they have conversational AI engaging with them. And, and so you, you're not even allowing this person to like, like to stop, right? You're like, nope, you said you wanted to come work here and we're going to make it happen right now. And, and those are the things that make a difference because if, if you're um, a fast food restaurant or a grocery store or a warehouse and you think like that you can just wait till the next day or the day after to contact someone who applies, that worker already has a job someplace else and maybe three or four, you know, people that are interested. And so we, you know, this livelihood now of, of turning over talent has to be in the minutes, not the hours. Um, and so I love those concepts. And again, Amazon is probably the one that's at the forefront. McDonald's is another one that turned on this conversational AI. And literally, if you go and apply at, at a McDonald's job, there is somebody replying to you the moment that you start applying and they're collecting and they're setting up that interview or they're asking you when you can start and they're doing it even without an interview. It's, it's happening that fast. That's insane. Uh, and to think that you can be hired or brought on within 24 minutes after applying. Yeah. I, I've never even heard about that. I think the quickest I ever heard, I apply for a job and I think I got a call for an interview like four hours later. Yeah. Yeah. Traditionally, that would be super fast. You're like, holy, that, wow, that's that great. Fast. That yeah. was fast. And then, but 24 minutes, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, yeah. And they're just being sent like, hey, here's a QR code. So you come and you actually scan it and you go through and they start to onboard you. And you're like, wait, it's, it's this easy? And again, if you think about, you know, that Gen Z audience coming through, like they believe like stuff like that should be that easy. Now, for hourly workers at work, is it going to work for professionals? Like I always ask, professionals, like, would you ever accept a job without a phone call from a real person or having a conversation with a real person? And hundred percent of the time it's like, no, like I'm not going to like go from one 50, 60, $70,000 job to another without talking to someone to make sure this is real. And so even through text messaging or, or you know, messaging of any sort, people still want to talk to someone real. And, but, you know, our, 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 you know, I guess what we have to try to figure out is how do we make that happen, you know, really fast, even on the professional side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tim, what are two to three takeaways that you hope uh, readers get from your book? What would they be? You know, it's, it's, I got the question of like, if you, if you ever could um, rewrite a chapter or an, add a chapter to the book, like what, what would that change or what would that be now? Because when you write a book, the process takes about a year, right? So you get done, you're like, oh, well, that's already old data. Or that's already old information. And I said, the only thing I can think of in the book, because to me, it's still, I mean, even today, because of the great resignation, it's as relevant as ever, would be the, the amount or the focus on recruitment marketing and how much you spend on job advertising or how you focus on job advertising. Because it turns out that advertising still works, right? We, I don't know about you, but I'm, 
I constantly, I'm like, I'm a shoe guy. I love shoes. And so I'll go look at a pair of shoes and then that stupid little shoe ad follows me around the internet, right? It keeps showing up on my phone. It's showing up everywhere. And I'm thinking, and it beats me down to the point where I buy the shoes. So advertising works. It's the one thing in the world we know works consistently. And yet so often I'll find an organization, they'll come and they'll say, oh my gosh, our recruiting's broken. We can't find anybody. No one's applying. And I'm like, okay, well, walk me through what you're doing. And they're like, oh, well, see, we just put $100,000 into our career site and we put our jobs on our career site. So how do people find your career site? And they just look at you like, um, well, what do you mean? Like everybody knows how to find our career site. You go to our website and then you click about and then you go down to careers and then it takes you there. And you're like, so I have four clicks to find your career site. By the way, no one even knows you have jobs open. So why would they even come to your career site? Or why would they come to your website to begin with? And it's this big misnomer that we think we have this like this weird fascination that we think people are constantly on our website looking at our jobs all day, every day. And they're not. And so you have to advertise and you have to get people and drive traffic there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's classic kind of marketing advertising that I think is probably the most underutilized thing we do in HR and talent acquisition that we have to do more of. To me, that's the number one thing. If you do anything, before you change your ATS, before you change your career site, before you do anything, just put more money and more emphasis on marketing and you'll actually be a little bit better from that standpoint. The second thing was back to the speed, right? Just move faster, move immediately, um, figure out ways that you can just make it happen. And a lot of times there's always that, well, our, our hiring managers won't give us time. And I constantly talk with like TA teams and help them in terms of how do they get better. And that's the one thing I'll say is I said, if you ever want to get a hiring manager to move faster, cancel the opening that they have just and tell them. Tell them, hey, I'm canceling your opening because they'll they'll lose their mind and they'll yell at you and they'll say bad things to you and they'll they'll threaten you. Like, I'm going to call the CEO right now. And you're like, no, 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 no. Let's both call the CEO because I want to let them know what you're not doing to fill these openings. And at that point, they go, oh, well, wait a minute. I, uh, you know, and because so often that they just, again, they want to complain. They want to blame they don't want to take ownership of what they're doing. So, you know, being able to move very fast and getting those hiring managers to move quicker and be a part of the process to have ownership, those three things, ugh, if you get all three of those, you're going to be better in a really quick you know, period. Of course. And then tapping into your own winning formula then too as well, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and my final question for you, Tim, what does your next chapter look like? Next chapter, um, I'm actually writing um, another book in process um, that's it's really more focused on this leadership side, right? So when we think about all the, you know, all especially because of Gen Z and, and like I think younger millennials, we have so many baby boomers that are have left or and leaving the workforce. So you have so many young leaders that are coming up, um, and especially with the demographics that we see with not enough workers we have so many leaders that are getting those jobs really younger than the generations before them. And so the lack of experience, um, the lack of knowledge and know-how transfer that we've, we've been not been able to do. So it's really based on that. But again, in, in my voice, which tends to be a little snarky and a little fun. <laughs> and so that's, that's the, it's, it's all about surviving corporate America as a new leader. Mm. I love that. And I will totally be in line for that. Uh, Sounds like a great read already. 
So uh, do you have any social uh, that our readers can follow you on? Or Yeah, like I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good about branding Tim Sackett across all the social channels. So at Tim Sackett. Um, there's another Tim Sackett who's a truck, truck driver chaplain out of Minnesota. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I stole all of his SEO. Um, he's probably really hates me. I'm, I'm guessing he doesn't hate me too bad. He's a chaplain. But um, if you ever run into a truck driver chaplain named Tim Sackett, that's not me. I'm the other Tim Sackett on every Google page that you put Tim Sackett into. So, And of course, I know the uh, the book can be found on Amazon. Is that the sole place or? Yeah, that's probably the easiest. Um, it's on like pretty much anywhere you can find your books, but Amazon seems to be the, the easiest and fastest way. Um, I'll be at uh, Sherm National in New Orleans in June for the annual conference and they'll be selling it there as well. I appreciate you taking the time again. It's been certainly a pleasure chatting with you, Tim. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at HR Pages, and we're also now available on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. Again, I'm Bianca Heron. Join us next time when we turn the page.